Episode number three, Heart and Hustle podcast. That is our song. You know we're coming. Nick Grunowitz here. Scott Inez is with me. We're going to break down the hottest team in the NBA right now. Your Orlando Magic. Abracadabra, razzmatazz, Nikki Football. I love it. What is going on with this organization? Oh, my word. Uh, Where do we begin? We are taping this on a Friday. Uh, We have just watched the Magic beat the Charlotte Hornets for the first time since Nixon was, since before Nixon was impeached. Uh, they And not just beat the Charlotte Hornets, oh. club the Charlotte oh, Hornets. Oh my goodness. Beat the, beat the brakes off of the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, your Orlando Magic, uh, at the time of this taping, have hit the All-Star break one half game. Let me repeat, one half game back of the eight seed uh, where Miami Miami is there. Who else is there? Detroit. Miami and Detroit yeah. are tied. Yeah. And, uh, Scotty, I, I'm going to admit right now, I didn't think we would be here. Uh, I picked the Magic to make the playoffs at the beginning of the season. The schedule came out. Uh, you were a special guest on that schedule show. And uh, I jumped off of the bandwagon. Yeah. And here we are. We're a half game back. Five straight wins. Well, here we are two weeks after the fact. Remember, two weeks yeah. ago, Nick. We were burying this team. Two weeks ago. And, and there was every right to bury this team because... Here, the Magic went through another lull in the month of January. You only won, what, four or five games in the month. You had lost seven of eight near the tail end of the month. And everybody's thinking, okay, we're just playing for the draft. This is the best I've seen the Orlando Magic play in a long, long time. And I think you can even go back before Dwight Howard's final year here in Orlando, 2011-12. Because remember, Dwight had back surgery that year and didn't play a majority of the season. So, I mean... This this is amazing to see. All of a sudden, for some reason, it's just starting to click. The light switch has gone on with this basketball team. Yeah, I'm we're, I'm going to get to a point here where I'm going to caution everybody about how excited they're getting. But I tweeted this last night. If you want to follow me on Twitter at ESPN five eighty Nick is where you can get me. You can get Scotty at, at Inez says uh, this is the best basketball I've seen this team play since Dwight Howard left. And last night you beat down Charlotte one twenty seven to eighty nine. It's your second straight. What is that? Uh, basically, thirty-point win. Yeah. Uh, you beat New Orleans. You come back home. You beat Charlotte with only one day off in between after a three-game road trip. You you mentioned the light just turning on. Mm. Uh, I I'll tell you uh, the way that these guys are playing top to bottom, and and even like you didn't have to play Nick Vucevic major minutes last night. Yeah. He played twenty-six minutes. DJ Augustine gave you twenty-two. Uh, I, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is, and, and I guess that's where I want to start here. Yeah. Uh, what is it? What, what, do, what do you see from this team over the last five games? And it's really not the last five. They've been playing good basketball now for the last, I would say, yeah, 10 to won, 14 they've days. They've won seven of eight, yeah. right? Five straight. Why? That, I mean, that, that's, 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 the, that's a really good question, Nick. Um, I, I've got a number of things to list. Number one, I think this team is kind of growing up together and growing with one another. I know that. So this cliche. is the good part of youth. No, this I, is but you watch the, you watch all the learning moments, right? With guys like Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon and so on and so forth. Uh, and that part of it, when they make mistakes, is frustrating. But when they turn a corner, yeah, and it looks like Jonathan Isaac is, yeah. This is where you reap the benefits Absolutely. of that? Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And and let's concentrate on the core three, if you will, the guys who have been here for a long time, and that is Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, and Aaron Gordon. They're starting to get it. Here, Here's one reason why they're turning it around is because remember at the end of January, which is not too long ago, this team was dead in the 
water, right? They lost seven of eight. They were tail spinning, and, and yet you turn it around. And I think one of the reasons is this team stopped being so clicky. I think this team over the last number of years has been very, very clicky. And by that, I mean it's Nick Vucevic and Evan Fournier on one side mm-hmm. and Aaron Gordon on the other. Yeah, it used to be Aaron Gordon, Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton is right. now gone, but you're right. right. That, that clickiness uh, has existed in that roster. Victor Oladipo played into that as well before he was shipped out of town. Uh, and you feel like that's not the case anymore? I don't think that's the case Is it anymore. the Vucevic all-star thing that did no, it? No, I, I, I think it has a lot to do with Steve Clifford and the team concept that he came in with, with uh, starting with game number one. I think it has to do with maturity of Aaron Gordon. Aaron's starting to get it. And and we're I know we're going to talk about Jonathan Isaac, who's starting to get it, too. Yeah, we talked about him on the last podcast. We're going to have to talk about him again because yeah. of how well he's playing. Yeah, but, but Aaron Gordon is starting to get it here. I think he's starting to blossom. I think in his, what is his, fifth or sixth year, whatever it is, he's starting to understand the team concept and how important his teammates are. So I think that's one reason for the turnaround. They're growing into one another. That's another. Uh, I think it has to do with Steve Clifford and the coaching from, from game number one. He pushes, and yet he has an honest way about these players that I think the players appreciate. Uh, I think it's organization. I mean, Jerry Krause. The former Bull GM, the Hall of Famer, once said organizations win championships, not the players. I don't agree with that, but you have to have the organization to go along with the talent. Why do we trust the guy that didn't want to pay Jordan so much? <laughs> exactly. By the like Jerry Krause gets all this credit for being this genius. He didn't want to pay Michael Jordan. No, which is amazing unto itself, but he was the guy who coined that phrase. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with it, but now you're starting to have Jeff Weltman build that organization here in Orlando. Look. Nick Vucevic has a lot to do with it, too, Nick. I mean, my goodness gracious, he's going to be at All-Star Weekend this weekend for a reason. The guy has, what, 41, 42 double-doubles this year, top five. 41. 41 double-doubles. Um, and here's another thing. This team plays hard. They do. You and I have gone through the doldrums of the last six seasons, and there have been plenty of nights where one word was used. I don't know how many times you and I have talked about this on ESPN 580. It's a word that I'm so tired of hearing, effort. Yeah. Effort. So much of life is about showing up. Yeah, uh, You know that working in this business. I know that working in this business. Get in the door, show up, and just kind of do your job and good things normally happen, yeah. I would say. And so many times the word effort has been questioned in the locker room for the Magic since Dwight left. Yeah, Effort cannot be a question with this no. team. We're so used to every so often, every, I would say, five games or so, 20% of the games it was, Oh, that was a no contest from tip off because the Magic just didn't show up. Yeah, we have not seen that this year. Yeah, no, I, and that well, works in the maturity too. I agree. I mean, from the get go this year, the effort has been there. You cannot question the effort, even near the end of January when this team, what uh, was really struggling, they had lost seven of eight, and we're all thinking, okay, here we go again. We're not going to play a meaningful game after the All Star break. Uh, they've surprised us, but effort has never been questioned this year, and I think that goes back to Steve Clifford. This team plays hard each and every night. Now, they may be outplayed. They may be out-talented on a given night. That's the NBA. You're not going to outwork this team. No. So that, that's a credit to Steve Clifford. But I would put them on the same level as kind of Brooklyn. Brooklyn does the same yes, thing. Yes, very and much Bro- so. I think Brooklyn even a step better than the Magic, so we yep. don't just sound like yep. a bunch of homers here. Yep, I agree. Uh, Brooklyn with Kenny Atkinson, same sort of thing. They, they do not have the same kind of talent level as some of these teams. 
but they make you work for it. Yes. Uh, and but, Brooklyn is one of those teams that that's right up there. No doubt about it. But look at what has happened to Brooklyn, right? You, you got to have the effort. You got to yeah, have the talent. You do. The effort is there. But Spencer Dinwiddie has been out for at least a couple of weeks, and they've kind of gone downhill. So, yes, you have to have the talent and the effort. But effort has not been a problem for Steve Clifford's team this year. One guy I want to make sure we mention in terms of the secret ingredient to the last, uh, would say, eight games or so. They've won seven of eight. It is, it, it's Evan Fournier, uh, who mm-hmm. you and I at the trade deadline uh, would have given away for, how do you put it, a wet bag of nickels? That's that's an old Scott Inez <laughs> saying there. Uh, since this seven of eight run uh, began, so the game against Indiana uh, I'm sorry, just after that game. Is that what I have here? Hold on. Let me make sure I have all the right games. I don't. Uh, let's include that Indiana game here. Uh, please include. This is this is a bad podcast. Oh, here we go. Uh, Evan Fournier is averaging 15.5 points a game, 3.5 rebounds, 4.8 assists, but most importantly, uh, he's shooting 43% from three. Yeah. Uh, and he's helping space the floor. He's giving you another viable offensive option to go with Nick Vucevic. Defensively, he's playing the toughest guy on every other team, which used to be kind of a an Aaron Gordon assignment. Sure. It's been more of an Evan Fournier assignment because he's more of that two and is playing more of the guards. Uh, but Evan Fournier, who I was ready to just jettison, has been playing good basketball the last two weeks. Yeah. He has, and and you could say that about many guys on this team, but you're absolutely right about Evan Fournier. I think he has, from the get-go, has had Steve Clifford's trust, and and that is evidenced by the fact that, as you said, Evan Fournier on any given night is guarding the opposing team's best score. Evan can do a little bit of everything. Now, I think we tend to focus on Evan and the stuff that he can't do. You know, I, I mean, look. But let's call it like it is. Evan is not a great athlete by any means, doesn't exactly have great foot speed, mind you, but is the best on-ball defender on this team right yes, now. Yes. As, as evidenced by the fact that he guards the opposing best player every single night. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Evan has kind of found his groove here, at least offensively. He's played well defensively the entire year, and now – you know, Evan's kind of catching up with the rest of the team, and it's showing on the court with the five straight wins and the seven of the eight. He is. Uh, let's react to a little bit of what we had from uh, Thursday night. So the Magic beat yeah. the Hornets uh, in a in a game I don't think anybody saw coming. Maybe you saw a win over Charlotte, but you did not see an absolute behind whooping, uh, a 127-89 win. Uh, Jonathan Isaac we're going to get into here because Isaac was asked after the game uh, about the way the team feels, and, and this is something that I, I think people aren't noticing is just – the overall attitude in that locker room. Here's Jonathan Isaac. Extremely impressed, man. We've uh, we've definitely found a way to come together. And I don't know exactly what it is um, or what what has ignited this uh, this stretch in us, but um, it's hopefully something that, that can continue to, to, to be here and a part of this team. Um, I, f- I feel great going into the break. We feel great and excited to come back and play. When was the last time you heard a Magic player say, we feel great? I, I listened to that today getting ready uh, for for this podcast, and I was like, man, when was the last time I heard somebody say, I feel great? We're not accustomed to this. Like, you have no. an entire generation out there, Nick. You have an entire generation that has never seen this before. Um, I'm kind of accustomed to it, having gone through the Shaq years and the Dwight years, but, but you have an entire generation that is not accustomed to playing meaningful basketball here in the second half of the season. Jonathan Isaac is absolutely right. This is a team that is playing engaged. They're playing interested. They're playing enthused. They're playing with a lot of effort. And I know Jonathan Isaac also said last night in the locker room 
something to the effect of, well, you know, here comes the All-Star break. I'm not quite sure if I'm comfortable with the All-Star break coming, knowing how well we're playing right now. Yeah, this was him after the game. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, was, I would say kind of, um, you know, I know I definitely needed, definitely um, – Needed to get some rest and get your mind um, off of basketball just for a couple of days. Um, but but the way we've been playing, I absolutely want to just keep going this way and finish out the season and have a, have a longer break um, after it. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, and, and we have to be mature and, and, and man enough to uh, um, to come back with the same mindset. Can we call up Adam Silver and petition for no All-Star break this year? <laughs> yeah, I would love that, actually. I mean, typically, you know, you've worked with me over the last five or six years. You know, by the time All-Star break comes. Yeah, you're shot. Like, like. As a broadcaster, you know I'm mm-hmm. not a player. Okay, as a broadcaster, I'm like I got to get out of here. Yeah, I got to get away oh, from Jonathan this team. Jonathan Isaac will be in I the gotta, Bahamas. I got to get yes, I got to get away from this team. I got to get get away from this league. Like I'm gonna come back, you know, renewed and refreshed. But right now, you never were though. I got <laughs> got to get away. I right now, Jonathan Isaac is absolutely right. The one major concern you have losing this momentum, right? It's like you, you've got five straight wins, you've won seven of eight, and more than that, you're playing really dialed-in basketball right For the right first now. time, focused. That was the word I kept hearing from Steve Clifford yeah. before the Charlotte game is how focused they were. Jonathan Isaac, too, how focused this team is. For the first time in seven years, Magic fans are saying, can we play more games? It's an inopportune time to have the All-Star break. Let's call it like it is. Sure. It's, it's not a great time when you're playing as well as they are. You want to just keep going. Now, look, breaks are always a good thing, but, man, if you're Steve Clifford, Jonathan Isaac at this point – you want to keep playing, and the, the concern is is that you do not have that edge, that focus, if you will, after you come back from a week of being off, and you do wonder if that laser-like focus is going to be a little bit off next Friday. The good news, Nick, is you take on a terrible Chicago Bull team yeah. to come back it's next nice Friday at Emway Center. Yeah, right? it's a nice tune-up game when you get back, hopefully, though the Magic have lost to Chicago sure. this year, not when they've been playing like this, but... Uh, you come back and you get a chance to kind of get warmed back up with a cupcake like Chicago that's not interested uh, in winning games. Let me just stay on on Jonathan Isaac here quickly, Scotty, because we talked about him in episode two of the Heart and Hustle podcast and just how well he's playing. He's continued uh, that stretch. What did he have last night? Uh, another 16 again last 16 night. 16 again, he? and most of it came in the first half. Yeah. But then again, that game was long over, and you didn't really need to push him that much. Uh, Jonathan Isaac asked about his comfortability that's a word right yeah Com- comfort 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 how about comfort it's comfort on the floor all right there you go well i, I say absolutely in terms of comfortability um i oh. think the, the game <laughs> is you know i think of myself as not even not even scratching the surface so i don't want to i don't want to say like the game is um starting to get easy because it's, it's not i still have so far to go um, but I definitely feel more and more comfortable with each, each and every minute that I'm on the floor. Scotty, you've been covering this team for 30 years, uh, a long time, from Nick Anderson to Penning and Shaq to Tracy McGrady to Dwight Howard mm-hmm. through the Rob Hennigan years. What are you seeing with Jonathan Isaac? Comfortability, number one, if it's a word. <laughs> hey, I guess it is. I, you know, I said on the last podcast that the game is starting to slow down for Jonathan yeah. Isaac, and I think that is that is right on the money. I think that's spot on. It's starting to slow down for this kid. And remember, he's not even technically through his rookie season yet. I believe that was what? Game number 79 or 80 for Jonathan Isaac. Again, shot it in their last game prior to the All-Star break. It's just slowing down for him. His shot keeps improving. But again, that's the cherry on top of the Sunday. As long as this kid keeps going out, and, and, and this kid can defend 
like two, three, four positions on the basketball court. He's all arms, all legs. You can tell he's feeling so much more comfortable with his body because remember, and we talked about this in the last podcast, remember whenever he would go out there, you would cross your fingers and knock on wood that he wouldn't get injured. Don't get hurt. Right? Like, don't fall on the floor, please. Don't go up against somebody bigger and stronger than you are, please. And yet you don't have that, 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 Sick feeling in the pit of your stomach when you watch Jonathan Isaac. Now, you're watching a true professional, and this is happening, quite frankly, uh, 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 many years before I thought it would. I thought it would take another year or two for him to develop, but he's developing a lot faster than I thought he would. So during this eight-game stretch, Jonathan Isaac is averaging 14.5 points, seven rebounds, a little over a steal a game. 2.6 2.6 blocks wow. per game. Wow. He's shooting 47% from the field. He still needs to develop a three-point shot. That may come, uh, hopefully will come. He's 30% from the field. Here are the block numbers by game, going back to the Indiana game. 2-3-2-3-2-5-3, two, three, two, three, two, three, and yeah. one last night uh, in limited minutes because that game was cooked. Uh, I'm going to ask you this now because our buddy David Steele brought it up during the Fox Sports Magic broadcast mm-hmm. last night. Those guys always do a good job, him and uh, and Jeff Turner. Uh, Jonathan Isaac, if the Magic make the playoffs, I think has a really good chance to make an all-NBA defensive team. If, if he plays enough games, and he has played 53 games this year, if wow. he plays all 23, I'm telling you right now, Jonathan Isaac has a very, very good chance to make an all-NBA defensive team. Wow. I would love to see that. Um, his, Am I a prisoner what, of the moment I, here? I, I, a little Is this a prisoner bit, of the moment? What, what are his minutes per game? I, I've got I've to know what his minutes per game are because— uh, Let me give you his numbers. Yeah, so but I, 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 I just—I I mean, look— 26. I, I, Okay, that, that's a little bit more than I thought it minutes, would be. Twenty-six minutes. He's but... giving you nine points, uh, but he's giving he's giving you one point three blocks a game. Wow. He's giving you nearly a steal a game. That number needs to bump up. But if he keeps playing like this, it will. Uh, he's giving you over five rebounds, Scotty. I I mean, in terms yeah. of wing defenders, yeah. uh, a guy like him. I think it, it might not be all NBA defense first team, but I think Second he's, team, maybe he's a got third a chance team. to be an yeah. all NBA defender. And this is not just one season. This is what you should expect to see out of Jonathan Isaac every single year. Yeah. The floor is Tony Allen, yeah. and it, where it's all defensive team. I'm talking Avery Bradley type of guy mm. who was an overrated defender even when he was in Boston, a guy that just terrorizes the other team. And right now he's giving you a clinic, a look into the future and what he could be in these last eight games. Yeah, no, look, I agree. I mean, is he going to make all NBA first team, not even second team? Probably not. Maybe a third team. I doubt it. But David, to David's point, you can see all NBA defensive teams in his future, yeah. like multiple All NBA defensive teams. Now, Again, I, this kid I, I don't is... want to put I don't want to put words in David's mouth here. Yeah. He just mentioned that the numbers he's put up over this run are all okay. defense. I okay. I think he has a chance to make it this year. Actually, I, I, I twenty six minutes a game coming off the bench. I doubt it, but you have to love what you see. Out of Jonathan Isaac, and you mentioned the last eight games. Well, I mean, like, he started 42 games this year. I mean, like, he's going to end up starting it. somewhere yeah. around 60 games if he stays it. healthy. I get it. I get it. 26 minutes a game, though. It's going to have to be up over 30, it's I think, to make spot. one of those. But, but, I will say this. He's going to make it in the future, A. And, B, I didn't know he had that little chip on his shoulder. Me either. Right? Like, since the Rising Stars Challenge competitors were announced and he was not on that roster he has been on an absolute tear. I love the fact that he is looking at that roster going, you know what? You guys made a mistake. 
and I'm going to let you know about it. I absolutely loved. I didn't know he had it in him. Quite Have you frankly. seen the numbers since the Rising Stars? Go ahead, give it to me. Games, uh, nine games ago, fourteen point seven rebounds, one assist, two and a half blocks, three point three deflections. Which, by the way, he's third in the league in blocks since then. He's fifth in the league in deflections, which is something Steve Clifford is really high on. Right. He wants thirty deflections a game, and they had forty-two against New Orleans. And Jonathan Isaac is a big part of that. One point two steals, ten con- contested shots. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's about anything that matters really there. But yeah, uh, the numbers for him are are just a, a good look at what you think he can turn into. And let this be a cautionary tale for Mo Bamba, who, pro- oh. who we probably will not see for the rest of the well, season. Well, Bamba actually spoke after the game yesterday and and gave you a little bit of a hint that he might be back. Okay, um, I, I doubt that, but we'll see. Um, for his sake, I certainly hope that we see Mo Bamba back this season. But let this be a cautionary tale for him because last year, I mean, Jonathan Isaac plays in 27 games and and we're getting on a year most every day. Go, oh man, was this a big mistake or what? I mean, he was only playing in 27 games and he's he's busting ankles and he's doing this and he's doing that and he can't get back on the court and we're never going to see him again. Why is he out? It's you know, it's a sprained ankle. Come on, you got to be kidding me. We have to preach patience once again. That's the That's thing. That that absolutely. So if Mo Bamba is is watching, knowing what Jonathan Isaac went through last year, and how he built up his body, he built up his strength in the off season. Mo Bamba has to be looking at this, going, you know what? I can do this same thing because, quite frankly. Bamba playing, what, 16, 17 minutes per game this year? Yeah, 16. He's looked looked lost. He's had a very low motor all year long. He's looked totally lost, kind of as lost as Jonathan Isaac was last year. So he has to look at Isaac going, you know what? I can pull off the same thing next season. Okay, so we've talked about the recent play. We've talked about Jonathan Isaac and a few of the guys that we think the reason is why they're playing the way they are over the last eight games or so. Uh, this is this is a narrative that is coming. I know this narrative is coming, so I want us to address it now because I like us to be first to these things, both on ESPN 580, uh, on your show, 4 to 6, of course, ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez, and here on the podcast, the Heart and Hustle podcast. Uh, I am hearing from Magic fans that the Magic is the Magic are better without Mo Bamba. The reason why the team is playing well is because Mo Bamba was injured, is not going to play, by the way, last Tuesday, was the game where he was in, where, where he was announced he wasn't going to play? Scotty, are the Magic better because Mobamba has not been there? <laughs> um, I you can't put this all on the absence of Mobamba. Thank you. I, I think, quite frankly, I think this would have happened with Mobamba in the lineup. But I will say this: your guy Kem Birch uh, gives this team a different look at that backup center spot. He's not playing a whole lot of minutes, but what he does give you is a lot more energy, effort uh, than, than Mo Bamba did give you this season as a rookie. So I'm not looking at that being the sole reason as to why the Orlando Magic are winners of five straight and seven of eight. But I will say that Kem Birch and the way he played, and again, Mo Bamba is sitting back watching all this now, he which is. is very valuable. For and the first watching- time in his career, by the way, playing time is not guaranteed. For Mo Bamba. Right. Like, Mo Bamba has to be looking around realizing, you know what, with the way Ken Birch is playing, he's going to take your minutes if you do come yes. back because he's playing good basketball. Th- this is professional basketball for a reason. And maybe Mo Bamba is, is learning the hard way. Ken Birch is, is going into basketball games and he's diving all over the floor. He's meeting guys at the rim. He's setting hard screens. Even his, his head coach, Steve Clifford, said the other day, 
that Kem Birch is the guy who sets the toughest, hardest screens on the team. So um, that's how we teach gonna, him to do it in Lakeland. Am I, by the way. Exactly. Am I going to put that all on you Mo can't. Bamba? No, there's no way you can do that. No, you can't. This team is is hitting its stride at the right time. I put basically none of this on Mo Bamba, who was playing 16 minutes a game. Uh, I wish he was playing better. I wish he was healthy. By the way, Mo Bamba's in Charlotte right now for the All Star game. Yeah. Uh, they just cited him there. He's walking. He's got a boot. He's on crutches. Uh, but. Here's what's happened to the Magic in my my estimation over the last eight games or so. You played an Indiana team that is inconsistent without their best basketball player. Victor Oladipo is not there. Brooklyn, a young, inconsistent team. Spencer sure. Dinwiddie was either injured in that game or played injured in that game, and you got to win. You lost to a really good Oklahoma City team, mm-hmm. okay? And then you go on this five-game run against young, inconsistent, kind of mind-boggling Minnesota, which should be better than they are. Uh, Atlanta's a really bad team. You played Milwaukee without Giannis Adetokounmpo. The New Orleans situation, Dell Demps got fired today. Uh, Anthony Davis left the arena after he got hurt. The New Orleans thing is untenable and is is toxic. Sure. And you beat them. Uh, anyone was going to beat, beat them that night, sure. I believe. And then you played Charlotte last night, which just everything went right. I can't explain the Charlotte thing other than I think Charlotte hosting the All-Star game. The Hornets are worried about what parties they're going to tonight <laughs> and on Saturday. And Kemba Walker is worried about it. He did a big sit-down with ESPN. He's worried about what parties he's hosting and hosting the All-Star game sure, this weekend. Sure, yeah. Uh, so so your point is, should my, we my, believe knowing that my the point Magic is can enjoy beat nobody this run, over the last Right, okay. enjoy this run. But I had yeah. someone tweet me last night, hey, I think we can give some of these teams hell in the playoffs. Let's just chill out and make the playoffs. All right, let's first. let's talk about let's talk about the playoffs coming up. But I, I want to address what you're talking about. Sure. Should we get excited knowing that they've beaten nobody over yeah. the last four games? It's the way they played, Nick. and that's, that's where I'll thing. agree with you. It's the way they played. I, I don't care how bad the Hawks are. The Bucks without Giannis were disinterested. Yes, New Orleans is a joke right now, as we all know, and Charlotte. Uh, just lost all interest going into the All-Star break. They lost all attention uh, to what they were doing. But you have to love how they're playing. They have four straight wins of 16-plus points. And knowing what happened in January, Nick, knowing that you had some large leads. Heck, you had a large lead against the Oklahoma City Thunder mm-hmm. a week and a half ago. You, you you were up by 12 in the third quarter and blew that one. You blew a lot of double-digit leads this year, especially in the month of January. You have not done that here in February. No, you haven't, and, and you remind me of something Jonathan Isaac said. I I, I know we got to move on here uh, because we're under a time constraint, but uh, Jonathan Isaac said something very similar uh, to what you said here in terms of the fact that we've had big leads, we just haven't held them. Yeah, I, I would say absolutely. I think uh, the thing is, that, you know, I think we've been doing this from the, from the start. We've, we've had games where we've been up 20 and 15 and plenty of them. Um, but I think this team is is growing in maturity. But uh, I think uh, we've we've grown in, in in like I said maturity um, to the point where we're, we're finishing games out. Um, we're we're getting that big lead in the start and, and finding a way to, to close it out. Yeah, they are stomping on people's throats yeah. and holding the foot down throughout the entire game. So yes, to your point, weak teams are, are they beating some weak teams? Yeah, yes, but it's the way they're beating these yeah, teams. Don't that very blow, very professional. Yeah, you don't blow anybody out by thirty in this league, and they've done it basically in back to back games, and they. They've been dominant. Uh, let's let's get into the playoffs here yeah. in just a moment right after these words on the Heart and Hustle podcast. 
All right, let's jump into the playoffs. The Magic are a half game back of the eight seed going into the All-Star game. We'll see Nick Vucevic this weekend. We'll be back next week on the pod to recap all of that for you. But, uh, Scotty, here we go. Uh, we've got 23 games left, if my if my math uh, is correct. I know I went to the University of South Florida, but I think that should be right. Uh, the Magic are a half game back of Miami and Detroit for the eight seed. Charlotte is right there, not far away. And as you mentioned, Spencer Dinwiddie out. Brooklyn is in a free fall as well. Uh this team, I I, I said it uh, earlier this week, this team is going to make the playoffs. It's just a matter of where, in my mm. opinion. Why not get greedy? You know, that would be my message. If, get if, greedy. I like if, it. If, if I were Steve Clifford coming back either next Wednesday or Thursday, getting ready for the Bulls on Friday, guys, we're in a prime position. We've won five straight. I love the way you're playing. Why not? Let's get greedy. Don't talk to me about the eighth spot. I don't want to hear about the eighth spot. You can get as high as six. Let's get to six. Yeah, right Shoot now. Shoot for the stars. You lean on the moon, Nick. You're a half game back of eight, which is Detroit. You're a game back of seven, which is Charlotte, who you just beat. We own the Hornets now. <laughs> and then Brooklyn is three games in front of you, and as you mentioned, are in a free fall. Yeah. I mean, d- d- does anybody put the fear of God in you there? Brooklyn, as you no. said, without Dinwiddie, they've been struggling. Charlotte was... was Brooklyn will get Karis LeVert back, and then things may may change. Okay. But you're right. Okay, I mean, but, you but, can, but you do they even them. scare you? I mean, th- the Magic play just as hard as those dudes. They do. Okay, and they have just as much talent, if not more talent, than Brooklyn does. Does Brooklyn scare you? Does Charlotte scare you? Pistons at eight? Do they put the fear of God in you? Oh, no, I don't believe Miami? I don't believe in Miami. Miami's going to miss I mean, the playoffs. Look, why not shoot for six? Now, now look, I, I, I don't expect this team to continue its red-hot tear, but I love the way this team is coming together. And, look, the more you win, you the more, especially for a team like this, you want that taste in your mouth. So Coach Clip is going to keep pushing them. He's done a masterful job with this team. Uh, he's proving that Jeff Weltman made the right call last summer with this hire. I just think when you look at the playoff picture, you're just three games from the six spot going into the All-Star break. Why not shoot for the Stars? Forget about eight. Go for six. It's amazing how close Brooklyn is when it felt like all was lost like two weeks ago. It's two weeks at, ago. At the, at the beginning of February. How much changes in two weeks in any professional sport, but especially in the NBA, uh, where Brooklyn is four and six in their last ten and the Orlando Magic are seven and three, and you've picked up these games and now you can't. You believe that you can get... As high as six. Um, wow. Uh, I, I keep grinding, man. Let, let me Just let me ask grinding. let me ask you this because uh, I, I'm intrigued. Let's say that we froze the standings right now and the Magic made the eight seats. Let's just replace Detroit or the Magic made the playoffs. I'm sorry, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Your top four seats. Yeah. Who the opening rounds would be, mm. uh, and I almost shouldn't even include Boston in this because you're not going to be the five seed. But Milwaukee, Toronto, and Indiana. Let's say of those three. I guess, man, it, well, it's even it tough would, with that. It would be Andy. Yeah. Let's, but let, yeah, let's, 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 let's play go this Milwaukee, out. Toronto, yeah. Philly, Boston. Yeah, let's play it out that way for me as yeah. I make, I botched the hell out of no, this. that's all right. Okay. Uh, yeah. so, Who so, do you want to play in the first round? <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I think in the end, Boston under Brad Stevens is going to figure it out. There's I just agree. too much talent, too much pedigree there in Boston. I love what Philly did at the trade deadline. You got to love what... What Toronto and Milwaukee did at the trade deadline, too. Milwaukee goes out and gets Miritich. Toronto made a, a nice move getting Marcus Gasol. In the end, though, who, who would I want? I, I don't want any four of them, but if you ha- if I had to have a choice, i go Milwaukee because there really is no playoff pedigree there. Yeah, they would. The seven-game first-round series last year with Boston. I mean, look, I... <laughs> 
Giannis Antetokounmpo is, is an extreme talent, but look, the Magic went into Milwaukee and built some confidence against the Bucks. I know we're we're putting the cart before the horse here in terms of the playoffs and possibly making an eight seed or so. But if you're giving me a choice, Milwaukee, Toronto, Philadelphia, and Boston. Uh, I've got to go with the Milwaukee Bucks because of the of the lack of a playoff pedigree. Yeah, I did this. I did this exercise last night on the phone with somebody, and I ended up at Milwaukee, and it feels like the wrong answer yeah. because of you, those four teams. You're picking the team that's 43 and 14 right. at the All Star right. break. That's right. You're not going like, to have a right answer. I there. want those guys, but I look at Toronto. They have a Finals MVP in Kawhi Leonard, and they just went and got Marcus Saul. Right. And they have Kyle Lowry, who's been in the Eastern Conference Finals. I look at Boston. They have Kyrie, who's made one of the biggest shots in basketball history, not to mention all of that talent, and Brad Stevens, who's a Jedi. In Philadelphia, I don't know. Like def- Someone mentioned to me that defensively the Magic match up well against Philly. That's preposterous. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's anybody in the NBA other than maybe Golden State that matches up well defensively with Philly. They have that fantastic five-starting lineup. I guess if I were to rank this, it would be Milwaukee 1 just because if I can slow down Giannis, yeah. which you need Delilah to cut Samson's hair there, I right, guess. Right, right. Uh, if, sl- if I can slow down Giannis, I have a chance. Yeah. Philly would be 2 on this list, I guess, because they have no bench, and that's it. And in the seven-game yeah. series, maybe, but... Here we are, a uh, half game out of the eight scene. We're breaking down who we want to play well, in the first I mean, round. Look, but I, it I, feels weird to do. It, it does feel very, very strange. And, and back to Philly real quick. I think yeah. Boston matches up very well against Philadelphia because Al Horford frustrates the heck out of Joel Yeah, Embiid. what is Boston won 10 of 13 or yes. something against them? Yes. And yeah. Joel Embiid has fits yeah. with, with Al yeah, Horford. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but again, we're talking playoffs. This is yes. awesome. Like, we haven't been able to do this the last six and a half years, Nick. So... When we're talking playoffs, it keeps the interest up. It it gets fans excited. And and for all those fans who say, well, you should tank for Zion Williamson, enough of that. Enough of the whole tanking thing. It is time for this franchise to start winning basketball games and and for us to start talking about potential playoff matchups. There's nothing like the NBA playoffs. No, there isn't quickly because we have like two minutes here, okay? Markel Fultz had his press conference. I want to make sure we at least get one or two words on this. Uh, He spoke for 18 minutes, or they did questions for 18 minutes. It wasn't very long. Uh, Markel Fultz, the one thing that was clear was this. That's the team's plan for him. I think the biggest thing, you know, that we've talked about is just doing stuff the right way and um, just building me up both as a man and on the court. And um, I think that's the music to my ears, really. Just uh, two things that I really want to do is be the best player I can be and be the best young man I can be. And... um, they do a great job of doing that, as you can see with the team they have now, you know, what they're doing now. So uh, I think that was, I mean, perfect. So That's the most substance you're going to get out of yeah. Markel Fultz there. Uh, the plan was clear, and the plan was patience. Don't hold yeah. your breath to see him this year, in yeah. my opinion. Look, I, I think they're still it, – it, it's tough to say that Markel Fultz won the press conference because there really there was wasn't no a whole lot of communication during that. Yeah. Other than okay. him saying, I'd like to play tonight, I'm ready right. to go. You weren't right. going to excite anybody with what they had to say. Right, so we have more questions than answers right now, but I think the Magic succeeded in introducing him to Orlando, getting him out there for that introductory news conference w- without a whole lot happening during that news conference. The bottom line is this. They want to get the person right first. Before the basketball player, they want to get the person, Markel Fultz, 
right, whatever he's going through with the thoracic uh, outlet syndrome, uh, whether it's gotten into his head or not, which I do believe it has, bottom line is there is no timeline for this kid. They are not going to set a timeline. I do believe it will be into next year before we see this kid. The Magic under Jeff Weltman are going to do this right. They're going to be very cautionary and precautionary. They're going to dot every I and cross every T. And in the end... Uh, I hope that this kid gets right because he could help this team big time. He absolutely could on both sides of the floor. That is, you hear the music, that's our music, man. Abracadabra, baby! That's going to do it for us. We're talking playoffs on a podcast. How strange that is. Uh, He's Scott Inez. You can catch him weekdays on ESPN 580 Orlando ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez. Four to six. Uh, I'm Nick Grunowitz. Uh, Make sure buy a ticket to a Lakeland Magic game, people. Come on. Your first place Lakeland Magic. You guys are red hot, baby. Absolutely. Your first place Lakeland Magic. Go out and see the team. They're back on Tuesday against the Capital City Go-Go. You can catch me on ESPN 580 as well from 6 to 8 p.m. as well as with Scotty. Follow him on Twitter, at Inez says me, at ESPN 580, Nick. Uh, we're back next week with a big recap of All-Star Weekend on the pod. Uh, but until then, uh, hang out. Of course, keep that heart and the hustle. This has been the Heart and Hustle Podcast. Oh,